of the All Years on Me podcast. I'm your host, Robson Scott. And today I've got Laura on with us. We're going to talk about some conspiracy theories. But um, first of all, Laura, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? That's good. Yes, yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, yeah. So so you recently kind of graduated, something like me, and um, you're pursuing exactly what you want to do. Um, how's, how's teaching going? How's, how's your first couple of weeks been on, on your placement and stuff like that? Oh, it's been great. It's been really, really nice. Um, yeah, it's just been really lovely, which has been really good because it's quite daunting to like go into, I think. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who do it feel the same where they'll, they'll have like doubt right mm-hmm. before it starts. And like, obviously we're online lectures yeah. and stuff for the first bit, which didn't really help because you couldn't meet people properly and talk about your doubts and your first doubts a bit like oh my god is this the right choice and then I got into my school and I just absolutely adore it <laughs> so. yeah that, that that's great I, I often think like um I kind of liked the school life in terms of just how you get that time off and the, um like at half term and things like that and how it's just kind of you just know exactly what you're going to get you go to school Monday Friday and then you kind of off at the weekend, but you still get to have that then them sort of like six weeks off in the summer and you get to enjoy that and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Is that, is that something you kind of think about or is it? Um... Not really. This is like, this is one of the things that people always bring up, like, oh, you go on teaching, like you'll get your summer holidays. But it's like, that's literally the bottom of the list of reasons why to do it. Yeah, of course. They're of course. not like, they're not even holidays. Like you say like, oh, you get half terms and stuff. But like, I mean, yeah, the kids do and like, you do have that structure. But you just spend the whole time working. Yeah. <laughs> You're just planning and planning lessons and stuff like that. And like, yeah, getting everything ready and, and all that. And like doing the PGC as well. It's not even just doing all that stuff. It's like yeah. recording it all. That's what I've been doing today is just everything that I've done, having to write it all up, which yeah. is the most annoying part. But yeah. yeah. It sounds sounds similar like when you went on um to like placements and stuff when you were at school and like yeah 10 and stuff like that and you had to come back and present like what you did and things like that i guess that's kind of like what a pgc is at a, mo- a much more higher level yeah it's so like intense in terms of like everything you have everything you do has to be planned and evaluated and written down and just every little detail written down i'm like oh my god i can't be bothered but <laughs> what, has to be done. what is it that you kind of um you're teaching stuff like like is it english or maths or what what would you like to sort of specialize in and it's it's obviously primary teaching that you're doing as well yeah it's primary so i have to do everything basically like Mm -hmm. i would be teaching my class everything um like you have more of a focus so maths and english are the the key subjects and then everything else classes foundation so like they're sort of secondary like not important not as important um so you have to do maths and English really well. And then everything else, you can kind of, like, pick and choose how you do it using the curriculum and, like, you get more choice. But the other two, it's, like, there's a set way to do it. Yeah, that, that often scares me about sort of primary teaching as well because you kind of have you have to do that basically every day. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not like you get um, to do sort of the thing that you want to do. Like you couldn't just go out and teach history, which is obviously what your degree was in. Um, yeah. Well, we have, like, so at my school, in my class, my teacher's quite fluid. Like, we'll have a timetable that she tries to stick to, but if, if she knows what she's got planned, isn't going to stick to it, she's not bothered. So, But we'll always do maths in the morning, followed by English, and then after lunch, the afternoons, I kind of, like, you know, do a foundation subject. So that's yeah. quite nice. Um, that's it's not often. as, like, rigid. Yeah, that's kind of how I remember primary school. You did, I think we did English first, and then after break, we did maths um and then in the afternoon it was like on a friday it was art i think a thursday used to be split so we did like half pe and half um like what was it religious studies and like histories kind of stuff uh Mm. science was like a monday um i love that you can remember that i literally cannot remember i remember i remember pretty much like everything that we did at like certain times and with like teachers and stuff like that like I remember year four, we did a lot of Victorian stuff. Um, I remember year five, we did uh, we did a lot of stuff on like Egypt and that. We had like this 
uh, picture of Tutankhamun on the front of my history book that I all had to colour in with them. Um, you know, and, like horrible pens where you've got to press down for the ink to come out. And they're like really, really thick. And we had like the gold and silver ones of them. We did a lot about um, about the Holocaust and that as well in year five. Um, and yeah, I remember watching something about Anne Frank, which at the time is quite, quite a daunting thing. I know, um, that's quite dark for year five. Um, See, I, don't, I don't remember. I know we did Tudors in year four. And I know I did Egypt. I did Egypt as well, I think, in year four or year three. But then, like in like year five, we did, we learned about Saint Lucia, <laughs> which is so random. In year but, five, like, we we did about Haiti. Oh, maybe that's, that's like, a thing. Like yeah. you have to pick a Caribbean island. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I, I always thought like in Kenya as well. We did about Kenya. I always remember we did. I had my final um, SATs exam on on a Friday morning, and then I was off to a football tournament in the afternoon. Um, so I kind of had the rest of the Friday off. And then I was there from Friday to Monday, came back, went in on the Tuesday. And I kind of expected, oh, Sats are over now, it'll all be good fun. No, 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 how how I was wrong. It was like, well, I was straight in and people had already learned, like, I don't know, the entire map of Africa or something. But in that one day that I wasn't in, I was like, I felt so far behind for the rest of the S6 <laughs> after that. Um, oh my God. But yeah, like you learn about some proper weird stuff in primary school, I think. Like just the whole, oh, aspe- yeah. whole aspect of a primary school and stuff is just bizarre. Because obviously we changed from being three tier to two tier. Yeah. We were kind of the guinea pigs for that. Um, well, kind of, we talked about I'm, this last week as well, didn't we? Yeah, because I'm in a first school at the minute, which is really weird. Because I oh, went, really? like mine was primary. Yeah, because um, where I'm at, I'm not going to give any details. Yeah, I'm yeah, of course. To, but um, of course. they're in the different council to what we are. All oh, right, that's interesting. Even though it's very nearby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so our council changed to the primary secondary, whereas theirs has not. So they still have middle schools. So all the kids I'm in year four, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to like this middle school." And I'm like, Whoa! Yeah, that, that <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder but, why um, it is like that in some places and not in others. You would think it would be like a national thing. I know. Well, I I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. So. That, that is that is strange. I could never. Could you imagine sort of going to a middle school now? Because I guess kind no, of. Not at all. Seven and eight for us was a bit of the middle school. The schools being slightly separated, but it's it's a strange process thinking that you would go to middle school in year five and it's kind of a bit more grown up, whereas you are still in first school for us up until year seven. Yeah, this is the thing. Like some of the staff have mentioned that. So, um, because some like some of the staff have worked in middle schools and now are in the first school, um, but they sort of say that the year fours seem quite grown up in terms of like you know as grown up as kids can be, and then when they work in the middle schools, like the year fives and sixes seem like really babyish and little. Whereas I think for us in primary school, like we were the opposite. We were like more grown up in year five and six, and then yeah we like sort of seemed more babyish in year seven and eight so it just yeah, yeah it's I like how how does it work with sort of middle schools and um high schools and stuff like that because if you're doing a pgce uh in a pr- in like primary teaching and i guess first school teaching is it different from middle school so you couldn't use that in in year five and six like could you still go teach in year five and six somewhere um, from what I gather, yes, I'm going to have to like do some more research about it. But my, my teacher that I'm working with, she said that I could work in a middle school with this degree, especially since I've got history as well. Yeah. Um, So it might depend on like what your sort of other degree is in. But I, yeah. I really don't know. Because I'd never like considered that as an option. But I think that actually might be a good option for me. That would be cool, Cause, yeah. Because I don't really... perfect ground, isn't it? Yeah, like I don't really want to teach year one and two because they're a bit young. And then, you know, cause I'm, I've, I've always said that I'd rather be with like year five and six. Yeah. So that's sort of ideal, really. And then at least I'll get to use my history degree a bit more. <laughs> yeah, you get you get the kind of thing with, with year fives and sixes. I think it's like they're kind they're getting to that stage where they're a bit cheeky and stuff like that, but they're, they're still like year four like, they still yeah. kind of respect you. And I think it's you always, like... I remember when my sister was that age, like, she's only really would have just gone to the year seven now, so she's still kind of in that age, I guess. But um, when she went to the year five, 
I, I I don't spend that much time with her, but when I did and I like I would look after her for the odd afternoon, it would just make us laugh like the amount of stuff that you knew and the stuff that you knew about where I think like when I was back in year five and stuff, I would never have been that kind of connected. It's a totally different world now to what it was when we were that age and that was only like what ten years ago. Yeah, it's really strange. Like even with the Air Force, they're they're very much like their senses of humor are like that little bit more grown up than you'd expect. And like, yeah, they'll talk about like YouTube and like games, like they love Among Us and stuff. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I play that. Like, that's so that, weird. Yeah, that's... <laughs> like, that's so strange. But like, yeah, so it's a good age. I like the hat. Like the, the slightly older young children, like, yeah, are fun, fun to teach. It is surprising how much in common you can have with a sort of ten year old. It's really embarrassing. Like, yeah. it's really embarrassing. <laughs> they're like. I love Among Us. I love Avengers. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And they're like, what? It, me <laughs> and, and you like... start, start playing on Among Us on a, on a Saturday night and it could possibly be like... I know. It's pretty scary when you think about it. it it's really... Like, I haven't played it since starting just because of being too busy. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I just kind of don't want to anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I was always kind, you know, when we were on it with strangers yeah. and yeah. whenever there was like anyone being nasty, I'm like, whoa, be nice. Like, that could be a child. But now I realise that it actually very much Probably is, is children. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like maybe yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, that's a scary place. Um, okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna move on now onto like why I've kind of brought you on here because you're such yeah. a big history nut and stuff. I, and I've wanted to talk about this on a podcast for ages, but I thought, you know what, this is the perfect opportunity, and I can kind of pitch this conspiracy to you and see what you think of it. Now, I don't know, I kind of dip in between, like, oh, I think this this did happen, and I think, and then I go, oh, there's, there's just no way. Like, some of the cliffs that you watch are, like, really believable, and it's like, wow, that, that could genuinely happen. There's a lot of evidence there that, like, suggests this could happen. This could have happened. And then you, you, you watch some of the cliffs with some of the people who believe this and kind of claim to have evidence of it. And you're like, oh, come on, mate. That's like, that's a bit of suspect. So I'll I'll start off, and I think it's a one that like not a lot of people really talk about. It's not like you saw a 9/11 or anything like that. It's a kind of lower down on the pyramid. Um, okay. But and just for anyone listening, I haven't told Laura what this is. So this is the first. <laughs> I'm time so she's excited to find out. <laughs> I'm um, so curious. So the the conspiracy that I'm going to talk about is that Adolf Hitler did not die in the bunker in 1945 and actually lived out until like the rest of his life eventually in Argentina after he went to a few other places first. Um, initial thoughts, what, what, have you heard of this before? What are you kind, do you have any knowledge on this at all? Um, I mean, I've like, I've heard people say like, oh, he didn't die, but I, I, that's kind of where that stops. Yeah. It, people it, just it, claim that and not really follow up, but I, I've never really thought about it, to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah, try try and convince me then. Go on. Okay, right. So I'm going to go into full sort of um, speaker mode here. I might even put some dramatic music under this. So <laughs> if you hear this in the, in the, like, on Spotify or wherever you listen to this and it has dramatic music underneath, I could be bothered to do it. If not, then I couldn't. <laughs> so here we go. Right. On the 30th of April, 1945, with Russian troops only a day away from Hitler and his wife, Eva Braun, um, they consumed cyanide capsules, and then Adolf Hitler shoots himself with a pistol. On April 30th, 1945, as a thousand-year right was collapsing above them. Or did he? <laughs> the bodies of Hitler and Eva were apparently cremated in the Chancery Garden by the bunker's survivors. Um, as per the Führer's orders. And they were reportedly later recovered by Russian troops. Now, a German court didn't officially declare Hitler dead until 1956. So, for some reason, in 1945, everyone believed he was dead, and that's kind of why the war ended. Um, but for some reason, the German court never said that he was dead until 1956. Um, one thing that kind of never made sense to me was that a lot of other Nazi officers had escape plans and did leave the, uh, lead out lives elsewhere in the world 
Um, but for some reason, it's sort of believed that Hitler didn't. And to me, that's something that never really made sense to me and is why I kind of looked into this. Um, so the death of Hitler wasn't announced until the day after his apparent suicide. Um, and interesting, the interesting thing about it was that it wasn't the Allies who uh, who found the body who announced it. Um, it was the propaganda-led nation of Germany that actually announced it the day afterwards. Um, the interesting thing about that is that um, there's footage of Russians um, supposedly finding the body, and there's a BBC reporter there who who's like filming the whole thing and find the body, and they, they initially believe that it's Adolf Hitler. Um, but it actually turns out that it's not. It's a fake body double. Now, this is, like, actually true. This is, like, not nothing to kind of... It's kind of obviously to do with the conspiracy, but this is actual, this is actual fact that it wasn't um, him. Um, now, to me, like, one, before I, I looked into this and why... Um, I thought that the reason why he did... Why he killed himself um, was that they didn't want his to be like humiliated and tortured by the Russians and made a skeptic like a spectacle of. So I thought he killed himself and and that was it. But then I thought why when I looked into it, I thought why then leave the body um of yourself there? Because this is these are kind of uncharred remains that they found. Mm. Um so I kind of think why why leave the body there? Because it can still make a mockery of you. Um so it kind of defeats the point. But anyway, moving on. Um, still on the first page of five here, so we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get on to it. Um, so apparently body doubles were really common in, during World War II. Stalin had one. Ch- uh, Stalin had a few, apparently. Churchill definitely had one that we know of, but he could have had more. Um, but uh, the real point is that no one confirmed having the body of Adolf Hitler in 1945. <laughs> Um, which again is a bit weird because I feel like it would be a big bragging point for the Russians to to shout and claim that they had had the body, um, which is now believed that they do have the remains, or they believe that they have the remains, um, but they didn't at the time. So basically, the conspiracy goes, um, and also sort of before I get onto it, the fact that they did have the body. Why would they then not report that to the media? Like, oh, we've we found Hitler kind of thing. Um, so anyway, the conspiracy goes that two people did die in the bunker that day, but it wasn't Adolf and Eva. It was actually the two body doubles uh, that were murdered in a switch for the um, for the leader of the Nazis and his wife. Apparently, the idea was created by Hitler's private secretary, Martin Bormann. Bormann wanted to save himself and his friend and leader of the Nazis, Adolf Hitler, decided that the only way they could survive was to make people believe uh, they were dead, so no one would come looking for them. Apparently, they made this switch at the beginning of April, and only Bormann and one other official knew about the switch. Once Hitler and Eva confirmed they escaped, um, their doubles were then executed, which is where the gunshot in the head came from, in the skull and stuff that was found, um, and the charred remains, rather than Hitler and her taking a cyanide capsule and then shooting himself. Um, so, initially, what are your thoughts before I go on? I mean, that's, like, a lot to take in. Yeah, it? of course, but... of course. There's, there's a lot more to come, so, <laughs> so I'm going to sort of break it up into parts. But initially, a load of rubbish, or could be possible? No, I, I think there is some, like, there's definite mystery there and, like, intrigue and, like, yeah. the thing about the the death not being reported until 56, that's really weird. Um, yeah, that's the thing that kind of stuck out to me a lot when I was sort of researching this. I just don't understand why they, why it took until then. There, there, there could honestly be like an actual reason for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but thinking. I couldn't, I couldn't really find one. So, um, but I'm okay. also thinking, um, you know, you said like the thing about they have to be believably dead yeah. in order to escape and not be like found because you know if everyone thinks they're dead. Why was it then not like reported there and like yeah. made a massive deal of? Yeah, well, I mean, that, well, the mic we might come on to that. Um, if is the, the point that the point that you're making that they should have made a big deal that they thought that Hitler wasn't um, 
dead because why if, if they didn't have the actual remains why was not everyone kind of looking for them is it no i mean like because if it if they're saying they haven't reported him as officially dead until yeah. 1956 then um wouldn't there have been like people thinking already in the, like 1945 on yeah. until 1956 thinking he's not actually dead but so so there was oh there was okay yeah so so yeah so i'll come on to that 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 we do we do kind of talk about that um so um if hitler didn't die where did he go you ask uh, this is where it gets really interesting um now even at the time there were rumors in america and britain that he wasn't dead so it's not like people genuinely believed it they, there was a lot of skepticism around it and there were sightings everywhere in the world as far as the antarctic um, there's genuinely a historian, and I've seen the video, who believes that the Nazis built a colony in the South Pole. So if you picture you've got Santa Claus living in the North, and you've got Hitler hanging out in the South, um, which is quite a strange, strange thought. Now, that, that's not something I believe, um, but I don't know if I actually believe this entire theory, but uh, yeah, the, that's that's a one that I just don't can't that's read. That's a bit too far. Yeah, it's a bit too yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, the popular theory is um, that, like a lot of people know of, um, is that he ended up in Argentina, and there's actually a whole TV show based around it called Hunting Hitler, which is is where my entire um, interest in the the case came from. Um, I think it's on it was on Sky at the time when I watched it. There's three seasons of it. Uh, Honestly, one of the most interesting things I've ever watched. Some of it I'll come on to is just a bit, it, it's quite comical, I guess. <laughs> but but a lot of it's really interesting. And the, I think the reason why it shouldn't be entirely dismissed, um, as well as the fact that it's got some respectable people involved in it, um, is that it's all, all the hunting and all of the kind of um, research and leads that they follow are all based on FBI documents that have been um, unclassified or declassified. Um, so it's not like they're just making these things up. It are their actual documents uh, that the FBI released that they're, they're following. So they have this big database, basically, and they search keywords. Like they, they use the same techniques that they used in how they found bin Laden and um, mm -hmm. how they find other people in the world. Um, that's what techniques they used in this to try and find um, different leads and stuff like that. Um, so it, it's honestly it's a, it's a actually a really good a good show and there's a lot of clips of it on YouTube but if you can actually find the the seasons to watch uh, I would highly recommend it um, because even if you don't believe it I think it's really it's still really interesting um, so it's it's like obviously a stone cold fact that um, there's still Nazi supporters in Argentina today and it's that's basically due to a lot of Nazis hiding out there after the war. Um, there's a really, really good um, short animated documentary on YouTube called The Driver in Red, and that covers um, like the famous capture of high-ranking Nazi officer and the creator of the final solution, Adolf Eichmann, um, who went under the name of Ricardo Clement in Argentina. And basically, there was a group of um, Jewish agents... Uh, as well as a few of us. I can't remember the ins and outs of it, but basically they kidnapped him and took him to um, back to Israel to stand trial, um, which he was later... I believe he was hanged um, for all of the horrible crimes. That he basically obviously came up with the, uh, the idea of um, the concentration camps and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so there's a really good documentary about that. It's like all animated, and the, it, it's really, really cool, um, called The Drive in Red. Uh, so obviously that that's a fact, and everyone knows that Nazis did hang out in Argentina afterwards. Uh, how they got there is obviously one of the interesting things, and uh, it's it's what kind of leads people to believe that Hitler could have got there too. Um, now, according to some historians, Hitler and his wife made their escape through a network of bunkers beneath the battle-torn Berlin. Now, on the show that I mentioned, Hilton Hitler. 
they find a tunnel from where the bunker was, which isn't there anymore, um, that leads to um, the place where the, there was a makeshift runway where planes were taken off around that time. Um, so it's believed that if if this what like it was entirely possible that I could have escaped. Um, because a lot of people say, like, how would you have been able to get through Berlin? Um, apparently, that was how um, it was through bunkers. And it, that that's actually apparently plausible because they found these these tunnels that did lead there. So if you wanted to, we could have escaped. Um, there was apparently a Luftwaffe pilot called Peter um Baumgart, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not. Um, who frantically uh, flew the Führer and Eva Braun to Denmark. Um, they later flew to Spain, where they were allegedly aided by dictator General Franco, and eventually took a grueling submarine trip across the Atlantic to Argentina. Now, the, a lot of people don't believe that this is where it kind the the theory falls apart because Hitler was very ill and was on a lot of medication for his stomach and stuff like that. Um, and he was always apparently high on drugs because of how much pain he was he was constantly in. And people believed that he wouldn't have been able to make this trip, um, which is obviously something that they cover in that show as well. Um, the pilot, interestingly enough, Peter Baumgart, uh, would later testify in court that he did indeed fly Hitler to safety in 1945. Um which you would, why would he lie? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's obviously plausible I did, of course, lie. But uh, numerous eyewitness reports uh, also claim that Hitler was spotted in Argentina for years after that in lo- locations ranging from restaurants to hotels to hospitals. Um, many parts of Argentina were thoroughly Germanified, um, complete with Nazis, uh, Nazi expats. Uh, and buildings modelled after Bavarian cottages. So Hitler would have fitted in rather well. And just like uh, infamous Nazi Joseph Mengele and Adolf Eichmann did. Uh, There is even the possibility that the Nazis cut a deal with the Allies, bribing them with German military secrets in order to be left alone. Um, Now, I know from the stuff that we learned in history uh, that the that we were very bad at dealing with Hitler and we did let him get away with a lot of stuff, which could be blamed on leading to the reason why the war broke out. Um, so to me, that it still does seem quite um, quite far-fetched, but I, I don't think it's entirely impossible. Uh, okay, we'll stop there again. What, what are your thoughts now? I think... I think that there is merit to the fact that he probably could have not died and could have escaped. And let's say even could have got to Argentina. But I don't think it's true. Okay. That's fair <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll, we'll read on um, and I'll bring you in again soon. Um so another thing to bear in mind is the skull fragments recovered by the Soviets in Berlin, once thought to belong to Adolf Hitler, were later discovered to have come from a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Stalin himself believed Hitler had evaded capture, and recently dis- declassified FBI reports reveal that J. Edgar Hoover had pondered the real whereabouts of the Führer. Now, I've added all this stuff in about uh, presidents and stuff, because I know you're a, you're a big fan of the American presidents, Laura, so I thought, you know what, let's let's get them in here and, <laughs> and maybe your opinions on them might help you kind of think whether this could have been true or not. Um, now, a lot of this stuff that I'm reading is is taken from websites, and some of the wording's pretty funny, because you can tell that they're American, where, where it says, in the words of war hero uh, General Eisenhower, so it's very kind of pro, pro-president, pro um, would go on to become, he would go on to become US president. Uh, there is every, this is what he said, he said, there is every assumption that Hitler is dead, but not a bit of conclusive proof that he is dead. So... He, I think even uh, President Eisenhower thought, you know what, like, I think he is dead, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't, because we've seen little, no proof mm. 
that he was or that he is. Um, he's obviously dead now. We're going to put that out there. He's not still alive uh, <laughs> now, regardless of whether this is true or not. Um, so, like I mentioned, the belief that he went from Germany to Denmark uh, to Spain uh, to Argentina. Um, now, I think the show, from what I remember and what I've kind of looked into, they jump between whether he did go to Denmark or whether he went straight to Spain, uh, straight to Spain, um, straight to Spain, um, because the plane could have flew straight to um, to Spain that he would have went in. Um, so why would you then risk going to Denmark first? But the reason why some people believe he went to Denmark was because hidden Nazi bunkers were found unearthed by a massive storm in 2008 on a beach. Um, the bunker had lots of artifacts in from 1945 that were still intact, so it was believed that they weren't touched and, until 2008. Um, there were a lot of artifacts that were found in there that apparently would not have been given to your so-called um, grunts of the Nazis, like your lure down just normal soldiers. Apparently, there was stuff that only high-ranking officers would have had. Something about like certain guns and stuff like that. Um, however, reading the YouTube comments on um, that part about Denmark. The reliable YouTube comments. Um, a lot of people basically said it was a, a load of shit, and that um, those bunk because they make out in in the show that they were given exclusive access to go into the bunkers and stuff like that. Um, whereas they're just literally on a beach and anyone can go in there. Um, but it also says that like they, I think what it what it's kind of hinting at is that they're the they got exclusive access to all these artifacts that were in the bunker and they kind of showed them that whilst being inside the bunker. I think that's what it kind of means. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of people that say you can just walk straight up to them and go in if you want, um, which would be interesting. Um, so the reason that Hitler is believed to have went to Spain was because without Hitler, uh, Franco wouldn't have been able to gain power. And despite Spain being a neutral, a so-called neutral in the war, uh, they really weren't, and they were really um, quite fond of the Nazis. And that is is pretty much a fact because if you there's loads of photos of um, after the war, places in Spain with um, banners with the Nazi logo and the swastika on and stuff like that. And in the show, they go to this. Um, they go to this cemetery in Spain, um, which I'm sure I had the place where it is written down, but I can't seem to find it. Um, and basically, they go to the cemetery, and it's really weird uh, because they they've tried to cover up the fact that there's massive swastikas built into the wall, um, and these aren't like um, like people say that the religious swastikas and stuff like that like, that were there beforehand. These are like proper giant swastikas. And basically what they've done is they've basically just built walls in front of them, but it's not like joint onto it. So you can still see the, the giant kind of swastikas. And basically people believe that they've done it to try and keep that there because a lot of people from this place, I can't find the name of it, which is really annoying, um, wanted that to stay because it was a part of the history and stuff of the town. Um mm. So yeah, there's there's that reason, um, and then there's <laughs> there's a, an interview with this guy um, who was 15 at the time in 1945, um, who believes that he's seen Adolf Hitler, and basically uh, at the time he was working on a secret concentra uh, concentration, a secret construction inside a monastery in Samos, wherever that is, somewhere in Spain. Um, he had to build tunnels that were for uh, German people. And he claims that um, they were used by Hitler uh, and also claims that when he seen him, he was without his famous Tash, um, which I, I love the way that he adds that in as if like he wouldn't have shaved the Tash off. He was very well known for that. Like if you're trying to escape somewhere, you, the first thing you do is write, how can I change my look? If he kept the tash, it would have definitely gave it away. So I don't know. I think it's it's pretty obvious that he would have done that. But also, I think it's like, oh well, that could have been anyone. Like you could have, if they didn't have a moustache, it's like it could have could have literally literally been anyone. But um, he he basically claims that um, 
this happened in May 1945, so it, it we could have went to Denmark for a, a couple of months and then or for the month, and then ended up going to Spain, and that's when he used that um that tunnel, and um. He claims that it was because he, the reason he found this out and believed that it was Hitler was because he went to a neighboring town and was where he saw the, the German plane just still there from after they escaped. And the guy who owned the land that the plane landed on um, sweared for basically the rest of his life that um, five people got off the plane and one of them was um, Adolf Hitler. Uh, this was in a small town called Corneas in Spain, um, and then that's how he, how, basically how he claimed um, that it was Hitler because it was it was a German plane. Um, so, moving on to Argentina, there's loads of stuff about people claiming that he lived there after the war, which is obviously like the famous stories and that. Um, but there is uh, this really kind of funny story about. Um, Richter, who was who was a Nazi officer, um, conning the Argentinian government out of sixty-two million dollars, claiming that he could um, give them a nuclear program uh, in exchange for his sort of safety. Um, and yeah, does this does this small island off the coast of Argentina? It's really restricted; like you can't go to it. And basically, there's all these Nazi structures there and um yeah that was where that took place because he he basically conned them out of 62 million um as i also mentioned joseph mangale and eichmann um seeked refuge there at the same place um Bar baraloshi um and it was also apparently where hitler spent his time after the war um and according to the historian in the video that i watched about that um he, the, when he tells the guy who's interviewing him that Hitler was there, the guy looks obviously really shocked and is like, oh, did I get the translation right? You, you said Adolf Hitler lived here. And he's kind of like, obviously, sceptical. And the guy replies with saying, when anyone comes from Europe and stuff and asks, asks him about it, that's always the reaction that you get. But if you went, he says, if you go to a lot of people in Argentina and especially the people of the town of uh, Bariloche, um, they would have the same response if you told them that Hitler died in 1945. Um, and apparently they would say that claim is laughable because it's so obvious that he was there. Um, there's also apparently a lot of rich Germans uh, living in Costa Rica who are living there off their grandfather's riches, which came from the Nazi gold which I still don't think has been found um, to this day. So the thing about the show is um, is that there's a guy called Tim Kennedy who's involved. He's a big like military American guy. And um, he's kind of not, he's not like a conspiracy theorist or anything like that. He's basically just someone who's like a, he's one of them people, I don't know if there's any, um, any people of the equivalent in this country, but who was in the army and then he got famous because he was, he left the army and talked about it and stuff like that and shared his experiences. He was, I think he was part of the SAS. So he's like one of the go-to people when people talk about that. He's like, a, he's an expert in it really. So they got him in on the program to kind of bring in his military tactics and whether things would be, this is, if it was an actual way things would be done. Um, so, you know, he's, he kind of, he's like quite a respectable guy. Um, but in one of the episodes, they go to this guy's house in Argentina and um, this guy's proper, like, acting all shady and stuff. And then they ask him if there's that, because they need names, who could have lived there um, to show them anything or tell them anything that he knows. And he, get, he acts all proper weird and stuff. And then he gets up off his chair randomly and goes and gets these this, like, box of stuff and comes back and basically claims that he has a photo of Hitler um, that was taken, I think he says, in the 50s. And so it's, like, obviously after the war and long after he should have should have believed to be dead. But if you watch the scene, it just like the way it's edited and the way it's, they, they don't show the photo in it either. So they, they literally could have been a blank photo. Um, but they basically, it just comes across really kind of staged and a bit, a bit weird. Um, but they, 
I obviously spoke about Hitler's uh, bad stomach problems and stuff like that. Throughout the show, they go to a lot of um, places in the jungle and, and they go to this one place um, in Argentina in the jungle where there's just this massive, like, the remains of a, a stone Nazi house and like all of the brickwork and stuff has like the swastikas in it, but the the floor has has really expensive tiling, um, or once did have really expensive tiling. You can kind of see the remains of it and stuff. And in that house, um, which is in the place where the where people said Hitler lived, they found bottles of the um, medicine that he used to take for his stomach cramps, which I thought was one of the really um, interesting parts about it. And finally, before I bring you back in, um, there's this place in Chile called Colonial Dignidad, um, which was a segregated Aryan camp, um, which was kind of meant to bring, uh, start the the Fourth Reich, I guess. And it was set up by um, former Nazi officer Paul Schaefer. Um, So it was an isolated colony of Germans in Chile, uh, established in post-World War II, uh, by the immigrant, by immigrants of the Nazis and or emigrant, uh, Nazi Germans even, um, and it was famous for uh, torture, murder of uh, dissidents um, during a military dictatorship, and it was it was led by Paul Schaefer as I mentioned uh, in the nineteen seventies, and the main uh, legal economic activity of the colony was agriculture. Uh, at various periods, it also was uh, home to a school, a hospital, two airstrips, a restaurant, and a power station. Um, yeah, so I've got loads of information about this, and, and Schaefer was uh, well known for, for child sexual abuse and stuff like that. But the reason why I mention it is that apparently um, it was a place where Hitler visited and Hitler... Um, could have could have hid out for a bit um and it's a place where now i think it's open for tourists but when the show goes there that it all kind of starts kicking off and they get told to leave um and yeah there's there's loads of um it's a nat it was apparently a nazi stronghold and protected by the chilean government um former members of the of the ss and the gestapo had the job of um demonstrating Nazi torture methods to secret police of Chile. Um, many followers of Schaefer's uh, who had Nazi past joined him in the escape, and it is believed that Hitler could have also been one of them. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much um, everything that I've got. What is, what is your thoughts? Believable or not? Um, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't believe it, but I do think that there is merit to it, like I've said. What what are the, what are the, the, the taken points for it? What are the points that you think are the interesting things? The thing, it's, I'm more compelled by the stuff about him not actually being like dead in 1945 and yeah. escaping. I just think it's the it's the Argentina that's less believable to me. Okay. Because so, just because of like getting there and like yeah. the things about like spotting them and like eyewitness and like anecdotal evidence being yeah. the main stuff, I'm just like it skeptical it, of that. Yeah, it is very interesting when you watch a show because I you you pretty much never ever believe the people that claim to see them, but I think that's just obvious because like why why would you not say that you hadn't like hadn't seen them, you know what I mean? If you're gonna yeah, get if it, to get a paid, TV show just, approaches yeah. you and says like let's talk about Hitler, you'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen him. I've seen yeah. him walking around. You I know? Mean, there was, and it I, and it can be like it can be like false memory kind of thing. Of course. Um, when you said like the whole town will like laugh at you for thinking that he died, like that's gonna be like then generational passing it down and like yeah of course you've been sort of not necessarily brainwashed but you know you've been brought up believing it like yeah it becomes that that sort of like that whole collective memory um but you know it could be true i think it's um 
if anyone actually is interested in this, I've probably bored people to death for reading all that, so they're probably <laughs> less interested than they were beforehand. But um, I, I do, I do say you should check out. And it, I should have got, I should have got some sort of um, some sort of sponsorship for this, just because I'm plugging <laughs> this documentary so much. It's a series, but like, I, I just remember watching it and just thinking every single, every single episode, thinking, oh, that could, that, that's interesting because. Um, one of the things about it is obviously the it's called hunting Hitler and stuff, and they're talking about trying to find him and, and whether he escaped or not. But I think the more um, intriguing part about it is all of the stuff that did go on in Europe after the war, um, and all the stuff that's still there to this day. So regardless of whether Hitler went to these places or not, they go visit these places in Spain and Italy and in Costa Rica and Argentina and stuff that genuinely are, like, still have Nazi um, structures there, still have swastikas around, still have um, people who are are German-speaking. Like, there's people with German accents in Argentina and stuff like that, which is just, like, mental. Um, there's, uh, I'm sure there's something about the... Uh, about Italy and um, churches and stuff like that hiding him. Um, there's stuff about him in certain hotels and stuff like that, and whether or not it's true, it, it's kind of you know for a fact that um, there's it's there in front of your eyes that this Nazi like stuff is still there and that it is there. So even the fact that you've got Eichmann and people like that escaping, I do find that just as interesting as the fact that if Hitler had have survived or not. Um, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like the fact that regardless not, of whether it's not did just or not, like yeah, like it's not just Hitler that's interesting about it. Yeah, it's the fact that, that all this did actually happen. There's a lot of the yeah. stuff that they talk about did happen and they go to these places where the, there was people that, that did hide Nazis and there was people that um, that did want to hide these people who who committed such like atrocities and stuff like that. It, it's just, it blew my mind when I was watching it. Um, and it kind of sparked my interest in the into why because there's a lot of countries that claim to not be involved in the war and then ended up helping out like mm. spain and stuff like that and i just find all the ties to that um pretty interesting so i think i think it is probably my favorite conspiracy theory um mostly to do with that um that documentary series but i was interested to know and i know i asked you to do this uh what your um sort of conspiracy theories stand out to you and what um if you've brought any and if you want to pitch them to me now well okay so there's there's like two parts to this right so like favorite conspiracy could either okay. be one that i believe okay or it's like my favorite like yeah belief, conspiracy theory that like i don't believe but i yeah. enjoy I... um and i kind of have both i okay. i know my answer to both but um my most believed conspiracy is 9-11 with an inside job. Oh, now that that's an interesting one. I always jump back and forth between this um, because I think there's so much evidence that uh, that it, it could be true. Um, but then I also just want to believe that I live in a world where where that wouldn't happen. <laughs> And that it would not that that they would not make like do that. Oh yeah, I you know I hope it's like not yeah. true, but I I just, I just think it is, and I don't want to. I need to like preface this. I don't want to damage my reputation as a historian, yeah. <laughs> as someone who has a history degree. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, and you know that I have a reputation, but um, <laughs> and what was I going to say? I I haven't like research this in depth yeah, yeah. i'm not the kind of person who like engages indulges yeah. in conspiracy but the, the worrying from... thing about about when you do is that um i mean just from looking at like two clips on youtube my adverts on youtube went from um, <laughs> uh how how do you know you're a culinary expert um i don't know if you've seen that advert that pops up all the time about the woman and uh just oh, how yeah yeah it's uh, gone from that to um the i think it literally starts with a bloke going um you know, pe uh, people just need to realise that they do exist, and then it's just, it's like space zooming through, and there it's just a picture of an alien coming towards you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> like, that's what, yeah. my, that's what YouTube thinks of me now. <laughs> yeah, that is the targeted ads. 
are a worry. Yeah. But um, but no, I think I think even just from doing like a little bit of research and then like applying common sense and like the sort of historical context, I just think that it's so possible that it's true. Yeah. Um, I I think um. Michael Moore's documentary uh, Fahrenheit 9/11 about this is re- is really interesting because he goes into how much um, the Bin Laden family were connected to uh, Bush and how how much the Bush family especially uh, and how and just all the ties between that is what makes me believe like even if it's not an inside job the fact that like that happened the it it it's just it's just insane um that they had such connections and all of a sudden news the news broadcasters just sort of said it was him without really any any kind of knowledge other than like and they didn't know anything about him basically just said yeah it, it was it was bin laden it was al-qaeda yeah like it's it's just really fascinating if anything um um yeah i just it's one of those things and it'll never be solidly proven like it's always just going to be a theory yeah but i just think i i believe it i believe it i have a distrust of authority and believe that they are capable of such atrocities for political gain so there you go (laughs) i mean i've got I've pulled up some of the connections between the Bush dynasty and um, the Bin Laden family. Um, most, yeah, most people don't realise it. Uh, they're not meant to. But the Bushes and the Bin Ladens uh, have a lot in common in many ways. <laughs> it's the first line of that. Um, one family is a PR put, uh, portrayed as an all-American political dynasty with nothing to tarnish them. The other Bin Ladens uh, were a Saudi construction industry background and a family who's were just as at one stage the most wanted terrorists on earth um and it says yeah so on the very morning of um of the now infamous 9-11 attacks former president of the u.s george hw bush was actually in a meeting at the ritz carlton hotel um with shafiq bin laden osama's brother yes the u.s president's father was meeting with 9-11's mastermind's brother let alone none of this is ever mentioned by the US media or their allies. That's in the wild. Days, <laughs> in the days immediately after 9-11, while all commercial flights from the US right across the whole country um, were on total lockdown, there was one quiet flight allowed to happen. A 747 departed to Saudi Arabia with members of the Bin Laden family on board. Um, there were... Um, there were the FBI conquers allowed. Um, oh no, they were the FBI conquers allowed out without any questioning whatsoever. How and why? The White House to date is still not telling their public, including the suffering families that have lost um, many loved ones. Uh, the Bush family and the Bin Ladens actually go way back, uh, far more than. Uh, they want the rest of the world to know widely. Uh, they first became connected in Houston, Texas in the 1970s when George H.W. Bush's Arbusto 78 oil company received a $1 million, pound inve- or $1 million investment from Salem Bin Laden, Osama's older brother. The investment came courtesy of the offices of Jan Baff, a Bush family friend who also happened to be the U.S. representative of Salam Bin Laden, the head of the vast Bin Laden building arms and car dealing enterprise. So even if, like, you know what I mean? Even if that whole 9-11 thing wasn't wasn't inside and it did happen, the fact that Bush, um, the Bush family and the Bin Laden family were so closely connected regardless is a me- it's just a mad coincidence coincidence and a mad story um whether it's sort of true or not yeah and you'd think that that would be something that would be well known because yeah. you'd think that that would be like something they'd want to do as damage control yeah if it were true yeah i didn't even know about this until earlier yeah. if you watch no, the I, Mike, yeah the, the michael the michael Moore documentary um it's called fahrenheit 911 mm. i think it's on um I'm pretty sure it's 
on Netflix, but that might be a Fahrenheit 11.9, which is the opposite one. It's about Trump getting into power. Um, but they they have the, even if you just watch the openings um, on YouTube, that uh, they're identical openings, but about two different topics, and it's just absolutely incredible. Like it's it's mental, but the, uh, uh, it's, it's a great documentary. Um, if people are struggling for things to watch, uh, what, what is your what is your other? There's loads more you could talk about. Yeah, I was just reading some of this article. Um, if you if you want to read this, it's on the Rudd site. Um, it's the if you type in Bush and the Bin Ladens, it's the fourth um, listing down. It's and the title of the article is called "The Bush Dynasty and the Bin Laden Connections." Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is your other um, what's your other theory? Or the uh, one that you like? Um, okay, so this like this is my favorite one to bring up whenever people bring up conspiracy theories. This one always pops into my head as a way to wind people up. Okay, is it um, is it Larry Stylinson? No, no. Oh my god, no, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare bring that up and I'd get like murdered by the fans. No. Um the moon landing being fake. Oh right, okay. This is an interesting people one. get so wound up. Either they'll either be like if you met I guarantee you mention it to someone, they yeah. will either be like, Yeah, it's fake. He has all the evidence or they'll be like, Are you stupid? Of course it's not fake. But and you're like I'll, sit back, sip tea, like watch I'll, the destruction happen. I'll, I'll let you into a uh, into a little secret about this one. Um, mm. Is that I was kind of brought up to believe that this that that conspiracy theory is true, um, and it was only until like probably like two years ago where I finally stopped believing that it was <laughs> that the conspiracy theory was true and that they did actually land on the moon. It's weird, isn't it? Because I feel like there is. Some of the evidence you hear straight away, you're like, oh, well, yeah, it must be fake. Like, why Why was the flag moving and blah, yeah. blah, blah, and, like, all this stuff. And you think, oh, well, okay, yeah. And you can just you can just live your life believing that, yeah, it was fake, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Just, like, this is why I think it's quite a funny one, because a lot of the other ones that you can bring up to, like, wind people up yeah. involve, like, death. and Like, the 9-11 one, people get yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's, you know, so many people died, let's not make it into, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. A, a conspiracy theory. Um. But with this one, it's like calmless because yeah. it's like, oh, NASA lied. <laughs> like, it's, it's really funny because they say Kubrick um, was the person who who helped them fake it. Um, and the, I remember uh, I seen a T-shirt that was made as like, you know, when um, people work on film sets and they have T-shirts made to prove that they're like crew of that um, set. Mm. There was some some company did one. It was like Kubrick's moon landing, and it was like a T-shirt as if like you were working on the set of the uh, the fake in the moon landing. Um, but it was from America, so I couldn't buy it, or I would have I would have bought it. But but yeah, literally, I remember my um my like mom's ex partner uh, used to tell me about it all the time, and uh, yeah, I don't know, basically. I just kind of believed it from when I was young, and I never really thought about it again until a couple of years ago. Um, I, but I, I, I always think it's the best one to bring up to Americans, yeah, um, because they're so proud of it and, and stuff like that. And um, like I remember, MythBusters did a uh, did a show about could it have been faked, and it's just absolutely conclusively no, it, it wasn't faked. And it's like even if it was faked, that's exactly what someone who faked it would say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah totally. And they're never ever gonna say that it's not uh, true because that would take something away from the such great nation that they believe it to be of America. <laughs> oh no, totally. But I think I think as well. Like I I don't believe that it's true. Um, oh no. Because because like okay, so they fake going to the moon, right? And during the Cold War, during the space race, like this massive thing with Russia, wouldn't Russia have done their absolute best to to disprove? Yeah, that is to true. then to then be the people that say they faked it and we did it. Yeah, it's a fa- it's a fantastic point. And yeah. like, I think that they would have done that. Like, they'd still be going now if no one had ever actually gone to the moon. There would still be like a big space race. Like, it would it would have been more of a thing. Uh, the Cold War is is one of my um my favorite uh conspiracy like it it is my favorite what's the word sort of um stimulus or stimuli to to conspiracy theories because it branches out like so many mm-hmm. uh, there's a great great podcast uh, called wind of change um which is all about where if the song by the um scorpions wind of change uh 
was ruled by the CIA, and if it was them who helped, because uh, the Scorpions are a German band, and basically claimed that like the song was absolutely massive in Europe at the time and stuff, and was basically due to to the Scorpions who were allowed to play in in Russia at the time in Soviet Russia when like no one else really was. Um, and there was this rock concert that went on there where Bon Jovi, the Scorpions, Motley Crue, um, Ozzy Osbourne and all these people went over. Um, and it was basically try and help them bring down the wall and bring, uh, like, stop Soviet Russia. Uh, and this is a story that someone in the, the CIA told someone lower down in the CS the CIA who then told um one of his friends in confidence in confidence who then told a journalist about 10 years ago who now made a podcast about it um and it's just the most fun like podcast to listen to because they end up getting an interview in the end with the lead singer of the scorpions and they ask them about it um but it's a really really um like interesting story and again kind of like um kind of like the hunt and hitler one is like even if it's not true the stories that came from from it that could could possibly make it true or could make it plausible are really really interesting so yeah um and i think especially knowing what you like what you were kind of into and what you did your um your dissertation on um in america and all that uh, in the 80s and the propaganda and all that sort of stuff mm. um, it would be a really interesting listen for you and anyone else um, who would like to listen to it yeah that does sound really good actually um, uh, so I would definitely check it out the way the way it's done and like it's just it's such a good listen um, but I think I mean we've, we've just popped an hour there so I think we should probably probably wrap it up there yeah um, but thanks for coming on. Uh, I love talking about conspiracies. It's like my favourite thing to talk about. I know a lot of people kind of start rolling their eyes as soon as you bring it up, but I've I've liked an hour. I've sat here with a, a little tinfoil hat on to talk <laughs> these things. So um, no, I like it. I like it. I think it's interesting as well to have like have you explaining it to me because I have all this like training. I so I guess yeah, okay. of like the history degree to like be really sceptical and question everything and stuff so you explain it to me i have to then like question you which makes you yeah like explain it really detailed which i think is good so i think i think when i when i actually watched that show i think uh throughout it i did believe it um because of how kind of believable they they um they make having then made documentaries and uh studied tv and how they make documentaries i now kind of don't believe any documentaries that i watch <laughs> uh, so yeah that you've learned made... the tricks of the trade and you've learned yeah. how, how to manipulate an audience yeah but so this, yeah this is the thing because i'm i'm sort of similar like when i read like pieces of history or like read facts listen to whatever i'm always so like well i know how how you've like worded that and how you've yeah, your bias has come through, even though you can make it seem really unbiased. Like I, I'm really like hyper aware sometimes of things like that. So you're probably yeah. the same. Um, and it is. So I don't think I actually believe it, but I, I think I'm a bit like you, where I think it's really plausible that he didn't die there because why? Why mm. would he let? Why would everyone else not just shoot themselves? And why did they leave? But he, he decided that was the way out. But then I also think like. If his if he was in so much so much pain from his stomach cramp and all that sort of stuff and all the other stress and all the drugs he was on, it's also quite a fitting end and like it's, <laughs> it doesn't surprise us that that's how it ended. Um, but yeah, so I mean we'll we'll wrap it up there. But I'd love to have you on again and we'll we'll definitely talk about some of the things we've got up to this year. Maybe get um, some some of our other friends on as well and talk about about that. Oh yeah, that would be lush. Um, yes. I'll happily come on and talk about conspiracies again. Oh, great. Well, it's, quite, I, I, it's quite fun. Yeah, I will find some. If, if another one kind of piques my interest like this one did, I will do it and I'll have you straight back on to, to pitch that one too. You you uh, need to read my dissertation. And, I will. And we can talk about what's that it called? We'll get, oh my God. That, that's a great idea. We'll, we'll do that. What's it called? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> it was called Confidence, Confidence and Conservatism how Reagan and Hollywood 
changed something. <laughs> I can't even remember. That, that's, that's something so sounds really important. <laughs> it is. Hang on. I've got my laptop in front of me, so I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> um, what was it called? Confidence and Conservatism, How Reagan and Hollywood Redefined Masculinity in the, in the 1980s. I mean, that that sounds like a, that's a title of a podcast if I ever heard one. It's, so, it's very conspiracy theorist. What, um, how long is it? 12,000 words. Oh, how, how, how long is that to read? <laughs> like, in um, Well, double, like, printed, you know how you have to do, like, double line yeah. spaces, so it's massive. Like, it, it's, like, 40 pages, but it's like that, so it's probably only, like, 20, really. Okay. It well, wouldn't take you too long. And it's yeah. interesting. I opened with a quote from Back to the Future. How could you I, not love it? I was just thinking that you could, uh, we could get someone to read it and have it be the start but i feel like it, that would take up about an hour and a bit anyway <laughs> it, yeah it would take a while to read out loud um so i might just have to read it and and then we'll talk about it but we'll definitely do that because that sounds that sounds really really good um so yeah there we go we've already planned two more podcasts where we'll have you on um but Excellent. for today's thank you very much um i hope everyone finds this interesting um yes me too and I'm sorry if my microphone quality sounds horrible. Because <laughs> you're on your phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Um, mine's pretty bad normally anyway. So uh, we'll wrap that up there. Uh, thank you very much. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to this. Um, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.